Hello viewers, it's another Sunday and um, once again, I welcome you to the Tradnet series. Yes, um, before I start any, the broadcast properly, I will straight ahead want to um, take a, a prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also um, call upon our Blessed Lady, our Blessed Mother. So please, um, kindly um, hold on, okay? While I also use the time to wait for more people to join the broadcast, okay? So, um, I'll go straight ahead to prayer for to Saint Michael the Archangel. So please kindly join me in nomine patri et fili et spiritus sancti. Amen. Sancte Michael Archangeli, defendenos in proelio contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli esto presidium. Imperet Illideus supplices de precamu, tuque princes militiae celestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malius, qui ad perditionem animarum pervagantu imundu, divina virtute in infernum de trude. Amen. We go straight to calling upon our blessed mother. Ave Maria, gracia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu imulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mate Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri, in, in nomine Patri, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Once again, dear viewers, I welcome you to this uh, broadcast of the Tradnet series. Um, this broadcast, I am rather kind of, for uh, this particular episode, I'm rather kind of saddened, saddened, but saddened as per where we are presently and what is happening to the faith. Yes, I know this was foretold. And um, I will begin with uh, this rather the sad incidents that happened here in United States or uh, in Texas. Um, but uh, before I go on, let's, uh, let me properly roll on. So,
Okay, once again, you're welcome back. I am Christopher Namde Honora, Christopher Mary Namde Honora. I always remember to put the uh, Mary, the name of our Blessed Mother. For those of us who are consecrated to her Immaculate Heart, we always add her name to our name so that we can claim her motherhood. Okay, um, so I will go on to take up our, let's look at this video. This is very, this is rather sad. This is a video, um, the video I'm going to play right now is a video done by um, um, Taylor Marshall. Taylor Marshall, if um, a lot of you should be familiar with Taylor Marshall, he has a very large followership on uh, YouTube. So this is um, an interview he did of um, a lady. You know, this is just, this is a lady who was thrown out of the church, out of her own church, her own parish, by her parish priest. The reasons you will know, just listen. I mean, she's a heroic Catholic woman, and she should not, Deirdre, you should not be thrown out of a Catholic church. And we're going to run the video here, but thanks for coming on, and, and I'm sorry this happened to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I, I think we'll run this video and, and maybe kind of set it up for us, Deirdre. What, what's happening here? We see a police officer. Uh, they're coming in. They're, they're telling you that you're, you're trespassing, you're committing a crime. What's going on? Correct. Yes. I was attending the 5 p.m. Mass at a local parish, Holy Trinity, here in Dallas on Oak Lawn. And um, in the middle of Mass, the priest, uh, Pastor Father Ryan, approached me to notify me that if I did not comply with the Mass, that he was going to call the police to have me arrested, in which he did so. So, so the pastor says, he actually said he's going to call the police. Correct, yes. Amazing. Amazing. So this was before Mass? This was in the middle of mass. In the middle of mass. Yes. Unbelievable. So I think things go on. And then as you'll see in the clip here, at what point the mass of the police show up? The police showed up uh, upon my return from Holy Communion. There were three police officers at my chair waiting for me. And Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, so let's let's run the clip. Um, this is uh, Deidre at, was it Church Holy Trinity? Holy Trinity, Dallas. Yes. Here we go. So, just watch and say this. So if I can pause here, Deirdre, she says, I'm going to put you in handcuffs. Correct. Is that right? I mean, that's crazy. Are you like kneeling down here? Or, I mean, what's... What's going on? I am. I am kneeling. I just received communion. I was holding my, my one-year-old baby, and I still have the Eucharist on my tongue, actually. So when I saw the police officers standing at my chair, they hadn't said anything quite yet, so I immediately just kind of knelt as quickly as I could. That was my priority. And of course, I was you're a Catholic. Kind of, you're a Catholic. <laughs> I was trying to focus on what was most important, kind of leave the drama behind. But of course, within seconds, she actually grabs my arm 
okay. in the middle of my prayer and tries to lift me up and yank me up. So okay, let's let's watch okay. that. Can we resume where we were. Okay, let's just um, watch um, a bit further on. So she's saying, you say, what's the crime? And she says, the church does not want you here. Yes, she also says trespassing. Okay, so she says you're trespassing. In her own parish, trespassing. Unbelievable. Deirdre, let's keep running this here. It's not so you're saying it's i'm not breaking a law this is not a crime and she says yeah okay um the long and the shelf of this video here is this now her parish priest called the cops on her because she was not wearing a mask. Okay? She says she's pregnant. And um, this issue of the mask is quite a problem for a lot of people, especially with breathing. Yes, um, with breathing is quite a problem for some people, especially when you're talking about a pregnant woman. Now, this is within the church, within the church. She has just finished receiving communion and her own parish priest, while she was in the church within the mass, had the police come in, arrest her, kick her out of the church and actually gave her a ticket, a ticket, yes for trespassing in her own parish just because she was not wearing the mask. Um, there's a reason why, you know, people, some people will say, well, um, she's supposed to wear the mask and so, uh, you know, but we'll get to that. Like I said, not everybody can comfortably wear this mask. Not everybody can comfortably wear this mask. Now, the problem here is, this is the fourth time, if anybody, you know, had told me that there will come a time where a parish priest will call the cops into the church in the middle of the mass to kick out a parishioner for situations like this, I would never believe it. I would have said that is absolutely impossible in the Catholic Church. But we, here we are, folks. It is happening right in our very eyes. It is happening. And then also somewhere in a parish in California, the church, the priest actually had the church demarcated for those who have received the vaccine on one side, those who are yet to receive the vaccine on a different side of the aisle, and those who have their mask on. This is within the church. Can you see the division? 
before the divine presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is happening within his church, supposedly. Um, I see, I remember, okay, now presently, uh, let me go back to my, uh, my home country, Nigeria. I know growing, growing up in Nigeria, I have known one very important thing, which is um, when you see the tabernacle, even though the parishes are Novus Ordo parishes, but way back in Nigeria, the Novus Ordo parishes didn't go exactly the way of the Western parishes. We had lots of the customs of the church, lots of the traditions of the church still maintained in the way back in Nigeria. Then, I'm not talking about now, then, while I was growing up, we had it still maintained, you know, even when, after the crisis and errors with Vatican II, we still had, we still had our altar railings. Everybody still knelt down to receive our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we still had the tabernacle at the center of the altar where you can see our Lord's divine presence. We still had the red light beside that tabernacle signaling that the Holy of Holies is there, signaling that there's something sacred present that our Lord dwells. So whenever you walk right from the entrance of any Catholic parish way, way back home in Nigeria, you know, unlike many of the Western Novus Odo parishes then, way back home, once you walk into any Novus, even Novus Odo parishes way back in Nigeria, from the entrance, you still feel the, you still feel the presence of God because you see the red light directly at the front before the tabernacle. And then, of course, there's silence everywhere. There's silence that even if you try to talk, make noise or something, even the next, you know, the next person around will even give you a sign to be quiet. You are within the presence of God. Everything was done reverently. Into the 90s, yes, up into even year 2000, into the, you know, the century before COVID, at least, while some other countries or some other countries uh, in Africa were trying to like um, go ahead and join the Western world and receiving communion on, that, on the bare hands, we still, Nigeria still had that reverence for our Lord and our Savior. You must receive on your tongue. The only irreverence I know that, you know, happened with the, the Eucharist is just Probably we had, um, they had, they allowed the reverend sisters and rev, uh, either reverend brothers to give the communion. But there was no Eucharistic minister or extraordinary Eucharistic minister in the sense of it. We had nothing like that. We've never had of it then. We knew nothing about it. I actually knew what was called Eucharistic minister when I came to America. That was when I had what is called Eucharistic minister for the first time, extraordinary Eucharistic minister for the first time. It was a shock to me. You know, the first mass I attended with my wife, right there in the Novus Ordo Parish as 
the, when it was time for communion, I saw about close to 20 people ascend the altar. And within these 20 people, I saw women in short, I saw women on trousers, men in shorts, everything move straight up to the altar. I was shocked. I thought probably the altar was under siege. I asked what was going on. I saw that my wife and the, you know, my my mother-in-law, in-laws, they were not, none of them was surprised or shocked, you know. I said, probably because they were used to it. So they were the ones that had to explain to me that this are extraordinary Eucharistic ministers helping the priest to distribute the host. It was a shock to me. The first shock was I knew that I saw there was no altar railings anyway, but then it was minor until it got to that extent. So in Nigeria, this we have maintained and I was, I was still proud of the Novus Ordo Church back home saying, okay, at least, we still have this reverence for our Lord, no Eucharistic ministers. You know, no extraordinary Eucharistic ministers. And then a lot of things were still being done. The songs, proper songs were, you know, still being sung in some cases, even though uh, we still had the uh, charismatic, some of the charismatic, you know, movements coming in with the Pentecostal evangelical way of worship, trying to, you know, come with it into the church, but we still had some form of reverence. We still had it. Now, here we are in the name of COVID. Our Lord is now being matched on the floor. Yes, matched, stepped upon on the floor in my Nigerian, some of my Nigerian parishes, not all of them though, some are still true to receiving our Lord on, on, their, on, on, on the tongue. But my own archdiocese of Lagos, where I grew up, where I was part of the liturgical group, where I was, I served as a choir master stroke music director for years. Here they are doing the abominable. They now receive our Lord on their bare hands. Something I never thought would ever happen. But in the name of COVID, it is happening. Yes. I don't want to, want to talk about the emptiness of the holy water and our funds and the rest. So the water is no longer holy. I thought when water is holy, it is supposed to cure all forms of sickness if you believe with faith. Okay, so it means the water was never holy then, there, anyway. But with this incident happening right now in this parish in Texas with this woman being thrown out of the church, by the cops, by the police, and the police actually call the place a business. A business, yes. So now this is what the church has been turned into, a business. That is what it is now. It's regarded now as a business enterprise. Now I am looking, weighing in. This is what COVID has done. Now I, I am beginning to ask myself, in the wake of this COVID-19 pandemic, 
a lot of a lot that has happened now we have become more separated from one another okay and we now live in the new normal it is called in the new normal so in the in the course of the covid 19 which is just like every other flu yes the science is there to prove it just like every other flu but the fear that the media has created has made a lot of people so scared yes some people are dying no doubt about it i have said it before and i repeat it again i will not deny that fact people are dying people are dying yes people i know myself are dying people close to me have caught it yes no doubt about it yes but is it preventable absolutely now those that died could their life have been saved absolutely some maybe they were at some no but some that their life could not be saved actually still could have died through other means yes some that have existing um pre-existing conditions can still die through other means people die through other means but in this course of the whole covid covid issue everything is related to covid no problem but my concern now is as regards the church as regards the church this issue of covid like i asked the question with the title here right here i said is this covid meant to like um separate uh, is it meant to like uh, is it to destroy the church hold on let me like this title i asked covid slash vaccines health or destruction of the church i asked this question because um first let me say uh, okay okay let me see okay let me see some of her what i have here okay says uh pablo here is asking says uh, what about the vaccines okay um pablo i don't understand what you mean by um the question let me understand fully what you mean by the question what about the vaccines so let me understand what you mean okay uh okay so now um okay so about communion on the hand okay so let's um okay so let's go straight back to straight back to the issue on hand here so now the this is the the thing is this there's no way this has been proven times without number that reception of our lord on the tongue is way much safer than receiving him on our bare hands. Let's even go on the scientific, on the you know, on health, on the health-wise, or on the uh, scientific part of it. It's been proven that receiving our Lord on our bare uh, on the hand is even more risky than receiving on the tongue. That receiving on the tongue is way much safer to do. Now, this lady that was kicked out of the church, one. She's a communicant who received on her tongue. 
So probably this is probably one thing the priest is not happy about. Maybe the parish priest has seen that she is, you know, she received, she has refused to receive on her hand one. And then also that um, because she's not wearing mask or maybe because she doesn't believe in this or because of health reasons, she cannot actually wear mask considering the fact that she's pregnant and at times it's problem breathing. Even for me, it's a problem breathing. When I go into some places where, you know, it's compulsory for me to wear the mask and I wear it, at times it's difficult for me to breathe with, those, with that mask. So probably this is the problem this lady has. But then we look at this connected with receiving our lord on uh, you know on on the tongue or on our bare hands it's been proven now one um one of my parishes i attend then the priest what the priest because this is a traditional latin mass of which of course you have no other choice than to receive on the tongue you cannot receive on the hand in a traditional latin mass you know so but what what does the priest do in this particular parish what does the priest do the priest has the chalice just to at least to satisfy everybody he what he does he has a cloth on his hand when he gives uh, uh each person communion he will wipe his hand with a cloth so he will sanitize his hand that way in his own way he is still making sure that he is giving communion on the tongue and not on the hand so at least to satisfy you know all those who will speak against it okay so no problem with that. So, but why are other priests not following this way? If at all they are so scared that receiving on the tongue is, you know, uh, is not good health-wise or whatever, but which we know is not the case at all. Because since I've been receiving, since this COVID, we have all those of us who have been receiving on our tongue, we have all been receiving on our tongue. And the priest, the priest's hand has not even, the even at any point in time, touch my tongue. So it is still the best way to receive, aside from the fact that that is the church's main approved form of reception. Communion on the hand has been an indult. It's just an indult. In very extreme cases, it was given. It was never a norm. It was never a norm. It has never been the norm. The norm has always been communion on the tongue. People will say in the earlier days, there was a time they were receiving on the hand, but go back and study properly. Go back and study properly and understand what happened. Now, there's no gain saying about this, that this idea of receiving communion on the hand is simply to destroy the church. This is the plan of the enemy set at destroying the church. One of the words being said during the Second Vatican Council by the Freemasons, when they were at the Second One, or during the plan for the Second Vatican Councils, one of the words, they, one of the things they wrote there was said, they said, let us make them receive their Lord in their filthy hands. And you listen to that word, let us make them receive their Lord in their filthy hands hands that is what they said and so today they have succeeded it is happening majority of catholics are now receiving our lord on their filthy hands yes 
don't we don't have to argue whether the hands are filthy because indeed they our hands are really filthy yes our hands are filthy that we know no matter our hands are not clean we as humans generally we are filthy before god talk less our hands that we used to grab everything whatever our Lord is supposed to be touched by only the consecrated hands. This has been made clear. It has been declared by many popes. Only the hands of the priest, that hand that is anointed, has the authority to touch our Lord, not our bare hands. Not our bare hands. This is the plan of the enemy, and the enemy has succeeded. That is the truth. The enemy, for the majority of Catholics and parishes, the enemy, in a way, has succeeded. Satan, in a way, has succeeded. That is it. He has succeeded. Okay. Um, Marina says, uh, Sorry, I, I did try to receive communion on the tongue, but the priest slapped my hand to take by the hand. He refuses to give communion on the tongue. No problem. If the priest did this, if he did this, he refused to give you communion on the tongue. It's very simple. It's very simple. All you need to do is this. Get up. Don't. If the priest refuses to give you communion on the tongue, don't receive it on your hands. Don't receive it. Don't give in. Don't receive it on your hands. Number one, you are not disobeying the priest by doing by doing that. It's very simple. It's a free. It's free will. Don't receive it on your hands. If the priest refuses to give you on the tongue, no problem. Just kindly bow your head, show reverence to our Lord. Get up. Go back to your seat and do your spiritual communion. Yes. Do your spiritual communion. The spiritual communion has the same effect as receiving our Lord physically there. Yes. So the remedy is spiritual communion. If the priest refuses to give you communion on the tongue, do spiritual communion. That way you will not be damned. That way you will not be part of those who are inflicting injury on our Lord. That way you will not be part of those who contribute to our Lord being stepped upon on the ground, on the floor, daily or every time communion is being received on the hand. Because lots of experiment has shown that reception of communion on the hand, that tiny, tiny particles drop to the floor. Tiny, tiny particles drop to the floor. Tiny particles we don't see. You know, a colleague of mine did a video, a this, an experimental video of this. I showed that video in one of my episodes. If you go back to one of um, uh, my episodes, there's an episode I did and I showed the experiment. I picked a video from, you know, from that, uh, it's a uh, um, uh, true fate. Uh, he's, uh, uh, the guy is, uh, uh, um, his name, uh, the, his YouTube channel is True Faith. True Faith TV. He did a video on that and that video was explicit it showed completely that there are tiny particles that drop 
while you receive on your hands, you'll see the tiny, tiny particles that, you know, was clearly shown. So those particles, after receiving on the top hand, and they go, they fall on the floor. That's our Lord being scattered all over the floor. And people are stepping on him, stepping on, on him. So if you really believe that our Lord is present in every single particles that drop on the floor, then you should know very well that you are, you are stepping on our Lord or you are contributing for people to step and march upon our Lord when communion is being received on our bare hands. So now, everything now is all about COVID. It's all about the vaccine. Everything is all about receiving the vaccine. Now, this vaccine, because this is a controversial issue, as per the vaccine's relationship to the mark of the beast, I don't want to go there now. I don't want to go there. But the thing is, if you are a true Catholic and you have been following happenings, you have been following happenings. Now, the things that we have talked about that will happen within the mark of the beast, that will happen when, as a result of people receiving the mark of the beast, is also partially happening right now. Now, if you look at the proposition of the vaccine ID card, of which without this you cannot travel or you might not be able to shop in some places. Now, tell me, this is similar to what was said with the mark of the beast, that, you know, without the mark, you cannot trade. You get it? So you cannot trade, you cannot do transactions. So tell me, are they not related? Is the beginning, is the precursor, something like that, I guess, you know, I am I am not definite. I have not said this is what it is. So you know, I I, I won't be here. I have not said this is what it is, but this is my own assumption. My own assumption. I will say it that way. Now you are left to assume what you want to assume or believe what you want to believe. God has given us the free will and the free mind to think, to know right from wrong. Yes. So except for those who have decided to be remain spiritually blinded, like I said in previous episode, I read in previous episode of the Precious Blood Message, where our Lord said that 90% of his children will be spiritually blind. 90% we are in that era right now. We are in that era. Because even within our families right now, we have those who are for and against yes we have those who see us as you know crazy <laughs> with our own mindset right now yes so this is the division happening it's happening within the church it's happening within the family and tell me all because of covid and the vaccines so tell me i ask again is this COVID slash vaccines, is it just for the health benefits or the destruction of the church? Because with this now, my home parish back in Nigeria that has that will, I wouldn't have thought will try, will make attempt to receive communion on the tongue, on the hand, has now made it the norm. Yes, it is now the norm. 
And then a lot of the parishioners even now are now flowing along with it. It's like, all is well. It doesn't matter. You know, every, uh, it, uh, let's just go ahead. It's okay. And some priest will try to, you know, convince you, uh, convince you and let you know that it, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. This and this and this and that. Know you that to date, the church has not at any point in time come out to say that communion on the hand is a norm. No. The church to date back to the catechism of the church. Communion on the tongue is the norm, not communion on the hand. I repeat, it is an indult. It is an indult, communion on the hand. So let us look at it properly. And as we, as we are going, more destruction is coming. Because now this has become the norm now in many places. And then even some parishes now that offer traditional Latin mass in the Novus Ordo parishes where they offer traditional Latin mass, some now their bishop has actually blocked them from even giving communion on the tongue, which is the norm, which you cannot do. So rather what they do now is they now offer the traditional mass. They now offer the mass without any reception of communion then probably maybe after the Mass, then they can give to those who want to receive. You see the, what is happening. And then recently, within this same COVID pandemic, uh, pandemic era, we now see all the Masses, all the traditional Latin Masses and uh, other oriented Masses that were reverent being offered that were offered at the side altars at the vatican now they have banned all of them they've banned it that's a gradual process of destruction you know putting away reverence more and more and more and more gradually all in the wake of covid all in the wake of covid and the vaccines and then again this same holy week this same holy week is the same time the Pope has decided to give free vaccines to, according they say, the poor, the poor and the less, uh, the less privileged and the poor, to give them free vaccines in the Vatican. The vaccine that has not been properly tested so that whatever those that can be killed through it, can be killed, or whatever that goes. Vaccines that have not been properly tested. Properly tested. Some people will say these vaccines are properly tested, but they are not properly tested. If they were properly tested, why were a lot of countries turning down the vaccine recently? Why? Why? So these are the questions we need to ask ourselves. Now uh, it seems like the life of the church is no longer coming back to normal. Nothing. No activities now. Rather, what I see, everything now is still more of about virtual mass. This Easter period, this COVID issue started when? Way back last year, Easter. Can you see the destruction? Last year, Easter was when they prevented us from the actual celebration of Easter, the Holy Week, the way it ought to be done. Few of us 
who still had the privilege of, you know, attending Latin masses in uh, some areas. We were so lucky we were still able to do it. But the majority were prevented from doing, you know, observing Holy Week the proper way. Now, this same Easter again, this same Lenten period again, back, here we are. This is Holy Week and more restrictions coming in. Think about it, dear faithful Catholics. Think about it. Just think about it. Now, is this not total destruction coming in? Within this same period we are in, within this same period again, the Pope has once again denied Our Lady's title as co-redemptrix. Now, he denied it once, he is denying it again. This same Easter period, this same Lenten period. Except those who do not want to believe, many popes before him have acclaimed and proclaimed Our Lady as co-redemptrix. But here he is denying that title to our blessed mother. Now, who else will be co-redemptrix? Co-redemptrix doesn't mean that she is the redemptor. No, our Lord remains the only redemptor. Yes. She is a co-redemptrix in the sense that you cannot separate our blessed mother from our Lord. You cannot. Just as you cannot, just as you cannot separate, you cannot separate a mother from the son or from the child. Blood is thicker than water. Our Lord in the first place, I have explained in previous video, our Lord is spirit. Our Lord is spirit. Our Lord was never flesh. He was never blood. He never had blood. Our Lord is spirit. Our Lord only took, our Lord took his human form from our blessed mother. He took, our, he took his human flesh from our blessed mother. He took his human blood from our blessed mother. So tell me, where is the separation between him and our blessed mother? So if our blessed mother is part and parcel of our Lord, how can she not merit the title of co-redemptrix? Tell me. How? And yet, the, her rosary works wonders for us. Yes, the rosary works wonders for us. Tell me. So what are we talking about? What are we talking about? You see, the thing is, this time around, people have so much, people have so much forgotten, you know, we, I think the faith, the devil has done a very serious, that is a deadly, the devil has dealt the church a deadly blow. This period that the faith is no longer there. Now, I will read, just listen. I, I'll take this message, this pressure blood message. Please let us listen attentively for us to understand the level we are now as per faith and why our Lord has to give out this particular prayer. Hold on, I'll take a let's um let's look at this uh, message here. Okay. 
Okay, this is um the title of this message says it will be terrible for those who will deny and betray me. So I read on here, third message of the fifth hour. Date is 9th July 1998. Time is 9 p.m. Venue, Novena Center, Olo. I read, in our Novena prayer, I saw a vision of the crown of thorns moving around in the cloud. Within a short time, the cloud covered the crown of thorns. Then there appeared the agonizing Jesus Christ, crowned with thorns. The blood from the wounds of the sacred head bathed his face. Our Lord gazed steadily at me and said, My children, the period you are about to enter will be more dangerous than this period you are living in now. The fate of many will grow cold. Even the faithful ones will deny me. They will say openly to the whole world that they do not know me. I say, even those who call me master and follow me wherever I go will swear that they do not know me. Many will betray me. I mean, those who eat with me from the same plate and drink with me from one cup will hand me over to those that will crucify me. Listen well, my children, and, med and meditate on these words. For how terrible it will be for those who will deny me, who love them. It will be better for them to be tied and thrown into boiling oil than to live and see the day of God's anger. When I was about to leave my people on earth, my agony grew worse. Sorry, listen, let me remember, let us, let me just emphasize this place. It say, it will be better for them to be tied, thrown, uh, to be tied and thrown into boiling oil than to live and see the day of God's anger. Our Lord here is talking about those who will deny him. Now, I continue. I, when I remembered their unfaithfulness, I also remembered that the period that is coming will be terrible and fearful that many will betray me like Judas, while others will deny that they know me. All my people will be scattered everywhere, leaving me alone to suffer. My children, the hour I am talking about is that which you are about to enter. It will be terrible for all who are weak now, all who reject their crosses now, and all who backslide now to survive the period that is coming, the period of great chastisement. Who will survive it? I remember this period when the world held me, tied my hands and crowned my head with thorns. I wept when I knew that many would suffer great tortures like mine. As the rust struck my head, I remember those that will abandon their faith and wept bitterly. When they scattered, when they started mocking me, I looked up to heaven and offered all the shame, pains, wounds, and the pressure blood from my sacred head for my people who are living in this dark age. That their faith will not fail. I prayed this. Now let's listen to this prayer. Now, some of us already know this prayer. This is um this is one of the uh prayers. Prayer for sustenance of faith. So together, please join me as we say this prayer. Omnipotent and omniscient God, 
God of Elijah and the prophets, look at the sacred head of your only begotten son and have mercy. Arise and save your people. I offer you all the shame, the pains, the wounds, and the pressure blood of the sacred head of your son. For all your children who are living in this perilous time, strengthen our faith through the mockery of your son and save us through the precious blood from the sacred head of your son, Jesus Christ. May they, through the sufferings of your son, Jesus Christ, learn to suffer in you and die in you. Amen. Holy tortures of Jesus Christ, increase our faith. Amen. I continue. Children, say this prayer always for faith and make it known to the whole world before the perilous era comes. If you have a little faith, even as small as the mustard seed, you will overcome the period. This mysterious prayer is powerful. Teach it to the whole world. I love you all. Immediately, the vision passed. Precious blood of Jesus Christ, save us and the whole world. Amen. Now, this prayer can be found on our Pressure Blood Prayer Booklet. It is one of the mystical prayers. Now, this is one of the prayers our Lord gave while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. While he was suffering, this is one of the prayers he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane when he, when he knew, when he saw what is going to happen. <coughs> you know, he saw what is going to happen. He saw this present time we are in that a lot of the faithful ones will be spiritually blind and a lot of the leaders of the church will betray him. That they will lead us astray. Our Lord saw all this and this is why he gave this prayer for us to pray and spread this prayer to the whole world. A prayer for sustenance of faith because faith at this point has grown so, so weak. So weak that a priest can now empty a priest of the living God, a priest who consecrates bread and wine to become the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, can now empty all the um, holy water, um, uh, 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 the holy, holy water uh, founts or points in the church. Now, water, what is the meaning of the word holy? Holy means sacred. Holy. Now, if water is holy, if water is sacred, it means that water is sacred and is holy. And no, no, no it, it, that water cannot cause any harm to anybody. So how then can you say that a water that is supposed to be holy will cause someone else to have COVID? I mean, it's a point to ponder. I don't know um, if you all are really looking at this critically. That is one aspect to look at. Now, if again, our blessed Lord is believed to be our blessed Lord. Now tell me, why should a priest of the most high God who before the altar, upon the altar, consecrated the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the bread and wine to become the body and blood of our Lord, if that priest so believes in transubstantiation and believes that our Lord is 
present there. Now, why should that priest be so scared that that same our Lord being passed, that him giving the communion on the tongue of a communicant will eventually transmit COVID-19 to another communicant? <coughs> it doesn't make sense. Then, except the priest does not believe in transubstantiation. Simple. Well, <coughs> yeah. Okay, so I think this is a point for us to ponder and think of. So, till I come your way again next week, I say, let us think and ponder on this. For, for indeed, <coughs> I am somehow um, saddened. Yeah, indeed, I am somehow saddened. Let's pray. Pray for the church. Pray for our priest. Until I come your way again next week, I say, remain blessed. Precious blood of Jesus Christ, save us and the whole world. Amen. Uh, yeah. Lord have mercy. <laughs>